Hello? Oh, cool, it's on. I thought I was going to forget to turn it on, but I did, so got it, Jeeps. Um, so, hi, everyone. Yeah, like Sam said, uh, my name is Michelle, and if I haven't met you yet, and I'm one of the full-time staff here at CCF um, that gets to serve this community. And just welcome again if you're one of those new folks. Um, we're really glad you're here, even if you're just here to, like, explore who Jesus is. Um, that's great. Um, we're really glad you're here, and we, we hope you feel welcome here. Um, so yeah, this is my second year on staff. Um, I was an intern before that uh, with a worship music focus, and then before that I was a student at Western, like all of you. Um, I was a human services major, so shout out to all you HSP people. It's a great major if you don't have one. Um, however, I did have a gap year between college and the internship, so that's just a little encouragement for some of you that if you leave, you can always decide to come back and do the internship like I did. So <laughs> just letting you know. Um, so tonight we're going to continue our series on hearing God's voice. Um, and specifically, we're going to talk about making space to hear God's voice. So let me pray for us before we get, begin. Father, um, we've, we've talked to you a lot today already, but we just want to acknowledge your presence once again here with us. Um, I just invite you now to just um, speak through me. I, I, I ask that you'd help us all to just be open uh, to you tonight, God. And we just thank you so much that your spirit is alive and active and here with us. And so, again, we just thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I titled this sermon, uh, Treat Yourself, <laughs> Making Space to Hear God's Voice. Okay, so just keep that in your mind as I go today, treat yourself. Okay, so I'm going to tell you why I, I titled it that, um, treat yourself. So I, I personally say this a lot. I hear other people say it. Um, maybe we're talking to a friend and saying like, man, should I get that latte instead of a drip coffee? And your friend's like, yes, it's okay to treat yourself. Or maybe you have these thoughts to yourself like, I've done all my finals this week, and I'm done, and I just need a break to go do something fun. I'm going to treat myself. So there, there, th- there are things that we do, like buy a coffee, take time to go like on an adventure, watch a show, hang with a friend that we haven't in a while that I think are like real treats for us. Um, I'm sure right now you can probably think of what this is for you. Um, so I'll come back to that. But so far this quarter, um, being in the series, just to recap, uh, the first week, David talked about how we first need to believe that God wants to speak to us, right? Um, He brought up the idea that God is speaking to us, and sometimes we just don't know it or we don't recognize it. Um, He talked about Samuel, who, when hearing God call his name three times, didn't actually know it was God. He thought it was basically his mentor calling his name. Finally, his mentor was like, okay, it's God. You need to go back and say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So first, we just need to be aware that God wants to and does speak to us. Um, The next week, we talked about how, along with believing God speaks to us, um, we have to have ears to hear. Meaning, if we believe God speaks, we have to be in a place where we actually want to hear what he has to say, no matter what it is, right? Bless you. Um, (laughs) David talked about how we can sometimes go to God and ask him for things, but we aren't actually ready to hear what he tells us to do, and so we have to know that God wants first our heart and our obedience in a matter, and so we have to come to God open and ready to listen. So that's our recap. So if we believe God speaks to us and we're open to what he has to say, then what do we need next? We have to make actual space 
to listen and to be with him. So if we know God wants to speak and we want to hear what he has to say, why do we get so upset that he doesn't speak when we never actually set up a time and space to hang out with him? Think of it this way. Think of someone you really like hanging out with who's just like a treat, you know? Um, What if that friend texts you and says, like, want to hang out? You know they want to spend time with you at that point, right? They've told you. Um, And then you say, yeah, I want to hang out. I'm down to do whatever. So you're open, right? Of course, you want to hang out with them because they're like your favorite person. But if you stop there, does that do anything? The fact that you know they want to hang out with you, the fact that you're open to to do whatever, that doesn't mean you hung out at all. So we have to actually carve out space to be with that person. And for different reasons, I think sometimes we can avoid making space for God because it's hard. Whether because we're busy or just because we don't know how to hear God or because we haven't had good experiences making space with God, making space for God because maybe we go to that time and we're like, well, nothing's really happening. Or um, just we just get caught up in life and so we don't actually think it's going to be worth it. So my question for you as we dive into this then is how do you experience God? How do you experience time with God when you think about it for yourself? Maybe you don't. (laughs) Maybe you're sitting here now and you're like, I can't remember the last time I was just sitting by myself intentionally making a space for God. Maybe you just haven't had the space at all to, to do that. Or maybe you have and it just hasn't been great. It doesn't feel like a treat. You've been frustrated. Or maybe you're here tonight And you wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, a follower of God. And you don't even know what that means to spend time with God. That's okay. (laughs) Wherever you're at tonight, I have really good news for you. We can know that there is a real treat to be found in God's presence. We've already talked about it in the songs that we sang. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close to your presence There is a real treat to be found in God's presence and being with him. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Can you just read that? In your presence is fullness of joy. Is that your experience? In your presence, God, there is fullness of joy. So again, what I want to talk about tonight is that making space to hear God can be a real treat. I I really believe it is, and, and that has been my experience. So I want to encourage you. And by the end of tonight, I want us to be closer to saying to one another, treat yourself to some time with God. So first, I want to talk about carving out time in our schedules Then I want to touch on, like, our inner lives, how to make space there, and then I'm going to close with what it looks like to take some risk in treating yourself to this. So, here we go. Starting with my first point. Treat yourself to a physical space and time to hear from God. So, my friend James Jr. put it this way. Think about your life as a grid. So, you know, like, those papers that you do math homework on that, like, you write, like, shapes on and stuff, and they have, like, these little boxes. 
So think of that each box represents something that you take time for in your life. I want you to think about right now, like, what is filling up that grid? Say you've got, a, like, a box for school, like, homework stuff. you got a, a box for friends, work, church, maybe Snapchat. That can, like, fill up a box pretty good. <laughs> you all know what I'm saying. Um, if you think about your grid, is there space for time with God right now? Like, think about that. But if on that grid right now you think, you think about how you don't have a space for time with God, then it's only logical to say that something has to be displaced. We have to be willing to give up something, one of those boxes, to make time for God. So something has to be removed from your grid. So right now, I, just, I have to say, like, if you just legitimately do not have a real space and time that you're with God, like ever, then that's, that, that has to be put on your grid if you want to hear from God. You've got to make space to give him a chance to speak to you. You probably hear about this often, like, set your alarm earlier, you know, get up, make a good time to spend with God. Maybe it's at your lunch break, read your Bible. All those suggestions, I think, are really good. But in all of that, I think the question we're really asking ourselves is, are we willing to give something up? to spend time with God? Like, are we willing to do less so that we can actually have a space to spend time with God? For me, I have found that the best place to make space for, to hear God is in the morning before I get ready. Because I think once I start getting ready and doing all this stuff, I'm just like ready to go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in a place where I can sit and listen. When I was an intern, this was tough for me. (laughs) Uh, Interns know what I'm talking about. It's, there's a full schedule I, I'm, I still am and was living in the mansion, which is a house with 15 girls. Um, and honestly, I hadn't really learned how to like fight for space with God. I, I made a lot of excuses, and I got frustrated when I couldn't find a time, or I just felt like everything was crazy. Um, but I remember through that frustration, what ended up happening was I ended up going down to this, the basement that we have at lunch every day. So I, fi- I, I just found that that was, like, the only time of the day that, like, I really could just focus in. And so I'd go down to the basement where it was really quiet. A lot of people were gone during the day. And I would sometimes just lay there. But part of that just taught, that year taught me how to fight for time with God. And I found, like, it was really worth it. So I guess wherever you're at, I would just encourage you to consider the truth that in God's presence is fullness of joy And so to think about if it would be worth it to take something off your grid so that you can make a space for God. So I I don't want to talk much more about actually making like a physical time and space to do these things because you guys hear that all the time. You know that's true. Like if you don't actually go and hang out with a person, like you're not going to experience them. Same thing with God. So if we don't have actual physical space to hear from God and be with him, then that's the place to start. But now I want to talk about a different kind of space. I want to talk about making inner space to hear from God. So this brings me to my next point. Treat yourself to inner space to hear from God. So what does this even mean? (laughs) Inner space, like, that sounds kind of like philosophical, you know. But let me me kind of explain what's on my heart, because I think this is one of the things that I felt really strongly when I was, like, 
preparing for this sermon that I felt God wanted to speak to us was this inner space. Because I think a lot of us want to spend time with God. But, like, sometimes in our minds and hearts, we just get full and cluttered of things. And we just forget that, like, that is something that we really like to do. Because, you know, like, when you sit down to do something and your mind is just racing with different things. Maybe you find that every time you have a spare minute, like when you're in between classes or something, or just like at home, um, you have to be doing something. It's kind of like a knee-jerk reaction to like look at your phone, or like a knee-jerk reaction to talk to whoever's around you. Um, Maybe you're always wanting to go and watch a show, or whatever it may be. I think it comes actually from like an inner distraction. Like they are outer distraction, but it's us, we're having that knee-jerk reaction. So, I want to put forward the idea that it's really hard to hear from God when we don't have any inner space, when we're just feeling like it's just cluttered up. I actually think that this is probably a harder one for many of us than carving out time, because in our culture, there's just so many things, and like on a college campus and everything, being a student, there's just so many things that we can look at and read and watch and do, and there's so many cool people we can talk to, and you know, just all this stuff. It's all really good things. But I think we have to intentionally work on creating inner space in our minds and our hearts. So I want to start by talking about making space in our minds. So, again, I just want you guys to pause and just think about what do you find yourself thinking about or doing when you have a spare moment? So, like, today, when you were, like, in between classes or you had, like, a break or something, like, what did you do? What did you think about? Maybe you, you do recognize God's presence. Maybe you do have a really great time that you spend with God. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to be reading your Bible every spare moment that you have. But just in general, what do you find yourself thinking about when you do have a break? So if that's been going well, that's great. But maybe you find yourself thinking about, like, what you saw on Facebook. And then maybe you are looking at Facebook Or maybe you're thinking about what you saw on Snapchat. Or maybe you're thinking about what your Snapchat story should be. Maybe you're looking at something and you're like, oh, that's going to be my next thing that I post. And then you're like, you know, it's just like constantly just like thinking about these things. Or maybe, I mean, maybe you just find yourself worrying about, you know, your major, your future plans. It's not even have anything to do with social media. You just find yourself thinking about that stuff, worrying. Or maybe you find yourself always thinking about the next time you're going to see your girlfriend or boyfriend. Like, that's not bad, but... What about space for God? He gets jealous. (laughs) None of these things are bad. Like, don't hear me say that. I think it's going to look different for all of us what it looks like to make inner space. I don't think everyone needs to give up Snapchat or Instagram. I don't think you need to break up with your boyfriend. I don't think any of those things. I'm putting it forward so that you can think about what it is for you. So don't hear, when I, when I put these things out there, don't think that's what I need to do to make space. I'm putting it out there as like, if God wants to drop something in your mind, say, that's you, you need to give that up, then that's, that's however the Lord leads, you know. But if you find that it is hard for you to pray clearly and focus on God when you spend time with him, that you find it hard to hear from him, how could you clear your mind to focus on him? This is brought up in 1 Peter 4, 7. Be clear-minded so you can pray. 
Be clear-minded so you can pray. So obviously Peter saw that this was a helpful thing, that, that for us to be clear-minded, it, it just helps us in us being able to come before God. So I just, I, I just want to come, I just want to like have a real moment for you. Like, why is it sometimes so hard to sit with God? And when I say sit with God, I'm thinking like, you know, maybe the moment that you go in your room or you're sitting on your bed or maybe a couch or something, and you're just sitting there and you're like, okay, God, here I am with you. Like, I'm going to spend time with you. Maybe you haven't started reading your Bible yet, or maybe you have, and you're just like sitting there and you're, you're waiting to pray. Like, why is it so hard sometimes to sit there in silence and not get frustrated that we're not hearing from God right then or that we don't sense his presence? I think, I honestly think, and, and, and you can think of this as true for you. Honestly, I think sometimes it's hard because we have to face ourselves. <laughs> and that's hard because we sit there and like our doubts and our thoughts and our fears and our stress and our anxiety is all right up in our face. And that sucks. It's right there. And we're like, ah, we can't, I want to get past all that so I can hear from you, God. Like, I want to experience the fullness of joy that's in your presence. And it's a lot easier to go look at our phone or watch a show than have to sit in the things that are coming to the forefront of our minds. It's a lot easier to distract ourselves, not from God, but I think from ourself. <laughs> I think it's learning to be okay when you sit and make space for God. It's learning to be okay with those things, those thoughts, those anxieties, those fears that come up. It's, it's learning to be okay with that because you can invite God into that. Like, he is not a God who said, oh, she's anxious today. I'm not coming, you know. If that was true, I would never be with God. <laughs> Somehow, God is powerful enough to meet us in the midst of whatever we're feeling, but we have to, we have to let him. We have to get past that initial, I don't like this. There's nothing to distract myself with. For one of my friends, she says it's really helpful for her to start when she's spending time with God by reading a psalm or like writing it out because the psalmists often really touch on like emotions all over the map. And so for her, um, you know, she can, she can kind of use that as a prayer to, like, really allow God to take whatever frustrations and anxieties. And it helps the psalmist, I think, the psalms really help us to move our emotions, like, towards God and to give them over to him. And so that, that's a way that helps her. And so I think just if you have things clogging up your mind and you come and you, and you make the space for God, like I would just encourage you to think of ways that you can really invite God into that and don't give up so quick just because your mind is racing. So then along with making space in our minds, I also think that we have to make space in our hearts. So, I guess I want to ask you, like, along with your mind maybe being cluttered, do you find that when you think about spending time with God, as we've been talking about this in the series, or when you just go and you do make that space for God, that you have doubts that come up? Like, it's kind of along with, you know, maybe your emotions of 
frustration or impatience or whatever, but it's actually like a doubt that, that God's actually there. Like, is he actually present? Like, I don't really feel him there, so I, I don't know if he is. Or does, this, does it cross your mind um, even before you go to make space for God and it keeps you from doing it at all? I think making space in our hearts for God means that we come to him in faith knowing that he is near. We know it and we believe it that he is present through his spirit because Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, but I think it means that we come in faith. So um, Hebrews ten nineteen through 22 It says, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. And then Hebrews 11.6 says, and without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who approaches him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So there's two things that I see in these passages that are really encouraging. Because of Jesus, he has opened the way for us to be in God's presence. But coming to God, we have to have a sense that we can be fully assured that because of Jesus, we have a way of coming to God and experiencing his presence. That anyone who approaches God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Earnestly seeks him. Earnestly seeking God is not sitting with God and going, well, he didn't show up. It's been like three minutes, so I'm out. Like, earnestly seeking God, that's us knowing and believing that God wants to show up and that he wants to meet us and continuing in seeking him in faith. So again, I just, I just want to say to you, like, if you do find yourself discouraged when you come to spend time with God and your heart is full of doubt, like, read these scriptures and pray that God would give you faith and belief that he is near. Like if you have to pray these scriptures every time you go to spend time with God, do it and allow God to remind you that he is there and he wants to meet you in whatever place you are at when you come to spend time with him. And he rewards those who seek him. That's good. Okay. So, kind of said a lot, but, um, so, in summary, what we said kind of so far is that making space to hear God is supposed to be a treat. In his presence is fullness of joy. But some of the things that we need to consider as we seek this is making real physical space. So, I first talked about that. If you just don't have a real physical space where you're spending time with God, we need to make that, right? To hear from him. And then second, talking about making inner space, clearing our minds and hearts. Because oftentimes, that just gets in the way and just keeps us from believing that God is just powerful enough to, to be there no matter what, that he is there. 
So this brings me to my last point. Treat yourself to taking risks to hear from God. Treat yourself to taking risks to hear from God. It felt kind of weird saying treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself to taking risks to hear from God. Okay, so I know that for some of you, you could be sitting here and hearing all of this, and you're like, that's great. But you're like, making space for God is hard. Or I've been doing this for a while, and it's just frustrating. Or maybe you're thinking, why should I try to do this? I have a lot of other things I need to do. Or maybe you have been doing this, and you're just like, okay, is this really going to be like a thing where I experience the fullness of joy in God's presence? Like, I experience fullness of joy in these other ways. But... I think that sometimes it takes us taking risk to make space for God because we really believe that he is the one who brings fullness of joy. So I want you to picture something right now. I want you to think of, so it's like spring right now, so there's probably a lot of baby birds in little nests all around. I don't know, maybe some of you have already seen some. But I want you to think of a baby bird in the nest when he sees his mom coming back bringing food. What does that baby bird look like when the mom comes back? I think about like he's excited, he's jumping up and down. And what is he doing? He's opening his mouth so wide because he's like, I'm so hungry and this is what brings me food. (laughs) (laughs) So he's not just going to be like, you know, like, bring, put the food in that little thing. He's going to be like, like, yeah, like, put the food in my mouth. Because he knows, he knows that his mom is bringing something he really needs. He's going to open it so wide because he knows and trusts that his mom is bringing back food for him every time and that she's going to fill his mouth with something good with what he needs. So Psalm 81.10 says, For it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it with good things. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it with good things. I will fill it with good things. (laughs) I just want that to like permeate in your hearts right now. Like God's saying to you like, I will fill you with good things. I think some of us need to hear that. Make space for me and I will fill it with good things. I think that opening our mouth wide to God like it says in this verse, and like the baby bird, is a picture of how we need to take risk in coming to God. We need to open our mouth wide. To me, this means that making space to hear God and taking risk, it means that even when it doesn't always seem or feel like the best way to spend our time, or maybe what God fills our mouth with doesn't always taste great, but we can trust that he's always seeking to fill us with good things, what we need. 
no matter what, we can know that it is good and it is what we need because it's from him. Even if it doesn't taste great, it is a treat (laughs) because it's what God wants to give us. So, for CCF staff member David, he talked about how God used a little baby on a plane to speak to him as he was spending time with God. I think that, like, David took a risk in taking time to be with God because he did have this, like, speaking engagement thing that he was going to that he had to prepare for, and he was like, okay, I have a lot to do, but I want to make some time with God. I think he took a risk in doing that. And because of that, God was able to speak to him in a way that he said really gave him some, a deep assurance of God's presence with him. It, it was a real treat, it sounds like. Right, David? <laughs> Just knowing that God was there and knowing that God saw him. So for me, um, a way that I hear from God um, is actually through dreams. Um. So I tend to overthink things. I don't know if some of you all here who do that. (laughs) Um, So I can tend to like, I think God knows that if he were to speak to me in other ways, it might be hard for me to know, like, is that really him? Like, is it someone else? Is it my thought? Is it blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. And so I found that like God, when he speaks to me through dreams, I, I wake up and my friend encouraged me to just like, the first thing I do when I wake up, if I have a dream, is just say, God, what does that mean? Do you want to speak something to me through that? And he has a lot. Because oftentimes I'll have these dreams and I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I'm not going to be able to figure it out on my own. And I think God knows that it makes me come to him and say, like, okay, how are you speaking to me? So a couple days ago, um, I had a dream that um, I was standing in front of this big bush. And there was this huge boa constrictor, like, slithering through it. And I remember feeling scared in the dream. I mean, it was this huge thing. And then all of a sudden, as it's slithering through, another snake comes, another boa constrictor that's bigger and a different color, and completely, like, engulfs, eats the the other snake up. And so I wake up, and I'm thinking, what does this mean? And and that day, I woke up, and I had some of, like, the worst, like, anxiety that I've had in a while, and I was just going through some hard stuff. And as I sat before God, and I asked him, like, what does this mean? He just, he brought me so much comfort because one of the things he told me was, I am that bigger snake that is, is like this, this snake that feels so big in your life right now, like I'm even bigger and I can eat that thing. <laughs> and also, I mean, it, it brought me back even to the story of Moses. You know, he has a staff and God wants to show his power to Pharaoh. And so he turns the staff into a snake and then the magicians also do the same thing, and so it's trying to show that they also have this power, but when that happens, the snake that Moses' staff turned into actually eats the other snake. So then even then, God was bringing to mind, like, that is my power. And so what I want to say about these ways that we maybe hear God is that I think the treat is not in, like, getting an answer or getting out what we want from it, but, like, God is the treat. Like knowing his presence, knowing that he saw that my day was going to be hard. And so he gave me a dream to help me, a a dream that I woke up and I was like, what is that? But then he gave me real comfort 
as I sought him and asked him what that meant. As one song puts it, like, we're seeking the maker and not a miracle. We're seeking the maker. We're seeking God himself and not the miracle, not the answer we're looking for, not the, I want this cool story. It's because God knows us and he just wants us to know that he sees us and he loves us. I think our hearts have to be in a place of wanting to know God because he is the real treat. So I think to treat yourself to making space to hear from God means you spend time with God simply to seek the maker first because it's his presence, him that brings fullness of joy. Nothing else. And it's worth working through frustration to make time for him. Okay, so what I want to end with is this. How is any of this possible? (laughs) How do we get to interact with God? How do I get to have a dream, wake up, and say, God, what does that mean? And he actually says something to me. As it says in Hebrews, Jesus Christ makes it possible for us to have a relationship with God. In Hebrews, it said that through the blood of Jesus, we can have confidence to enter the most holy place in God's presence He made it possible for us to know God and hear from him. So let's not diminish Jesus' sacrifice by not taking advantage of having a real relationship with God and hearing from him. Jesus, we just celebrated Easter. It's like Jesus rose from the dead, endured all of that so that we could have a real relationship with God. But are we not going and making space to hear from him, to be with him. That's what he died for. For us to be with God, to know God. Yes, to to receive eternal salvation, but also to know God personally now. I want for us, for the real treat, to be knowing God. If this has been true for you, like, hallelujah, I am so happy for you. You're probably just sitting here like, yeah, God's a real treat. Woo. (laughs) There's like a few of you. Okay, so at least I've been saying things that maybe resonate with you. Um, But for for you, that's that's awesome if that's where you're at. Like another one of the 10,000 reasons to praise God. Because no matter our circumstances, we can have joy. And if you've experienced that, like, I am so happy for you. But if you do know God and you've just been discouraged because you haven't experienced time with God like as a treat. You haven't found yourself believing that it really brings joy. It's, it's, you maybe feel like, oh, this isn't working. Um, my encouragement to you again is to take some of these scriptures we've looked at. See the promises God has about wanting to meet us, about wanting to speak to us, and we, like we already have talked about in the series, we know God wants to speak to us. 
And as long as we're open to hearing from him and we make space, like he does want to meet us. And it's through Jesus Christ's sacrifice that we can do this. So try out some of these things that we've talked about tonight. That you might be able to make space to be with God and, and really start to know God and the fullness of joy that the psalmist is talking about. So that when you want to treat yourself, you think of spending time with God. And so just a word for you, like if you are here tonight and like you don't know Jesus, you don't know Christ, you can experience the fullness of joy that we're talking about. It's true that literally I can wake up with anxiety and being with Jesus, it's not there anymore. Like, I have real peace and joy. Even though nothing in my life changes, Jesus, being with God, changes it. In believing in Jesus Christ, that he was the perfect sacrifice to wipe away our sins and guilt, that he died and rose from the dead and is seated next to God in heaven, and that he lives to intercede for us, believing that you can experience this fullness of joy, this treat.